This is Stephen Strang, author of God and Cancel Culture, and this is the God and Cancel Culture podcast. Recently, I have been sharing some of the interviews that I've done. I've done many interviews. <laughs> this is one that I actually did in person. I flew out to Missouri to be on the Jim Baker Show. I so enjoy going out there. I so appreciate Jim and Lori Baker. They have been great friends. They have promoted uh, really all of my books, and they sold a whole bunch of books <laughs> this time. And the program was uh, close to Labor Day, and I'm just getting around to putting it on the podcast. So without further ado, here is the interview. And let me remind you to go to stevestrangbooks.com where you can get an autographed copy of the book, or you can buy it many other places, including from Jim Baker's uh, ministry. They bought a whole bunch of copies and they sold them. You know, this is how they pay for their airtime and so forth. So I hope that you support that ministry as I do. And here is my interview with them. We're here to introduce your new book today. We are. God and Cancel Culture. Wow. wow. And aren't That is the most fearful thing. Yeah. Just to hear those words. Yeah. And the church has got to wake up. Yes. And, and we've got to cancel the devil. <laughs> Amen. 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 And so Steve's here to talk about his new book. Dr. Yes. Steve Strang is the CEO of Charisma Media and founder of Charisma Magazine. Steve was voted by Time Magazine as one of the 25 most influential evangelicals in America. He has interviewed four presidents. Amazing. How do you get in to see a president, Steve? Well, you need to have a friend like Doug Weed. Oh, yeah. 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 He was in the Bush White House, or actually when... Uh, George H.W. Bush was running and trying to get the evangelical vote. Yeah. Right. Uh, two of the meetings were then. Mm -hmm. And uh, as time passed, uh, George W. Bush, had a, I had a group uh, interview with some other journalists. It was kind of like a small press conference. Right. Later on, I met Barack Obama when he was trying to get the evangelical vote. He didn't get mine. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Donald Trump when yes. he was running. Mm-hmm. So that's a privilege. I it guess every really every journalist would like to do that. Absolutely. You've been on Fox News and even CNN <laughs> and much MSNBC, other newscasters and many other major news outlets. He's a best-selling author of God and Donald Trump and his new book is God and Cancel Culture. Stand strong before it's too late. Wow. Yeah. And that's that's what we're going to have to do. And uh, Steve and I were talking just as we went on the air. You were talking about how that I experienced cancel culture. And I was just, my, race, my mind just raced back to all of that. But this book you're writing, I experienced it. You absolutely did. And it's interesting you bring it up. I was actually having a private conversation about this with someone. And and I said, what happened to Jim Baker mm. in the 1980s was really an example of that. Now, it's not really tied into what's today. No. But, you know, in a way, there's been cancel culture going back to the beginning of time. True. Even if it was one army would come in and cancel the other culture when they would take over. Of course, Rome tried to cancel Christianity. That's Look right. what yeah. happened. Yeah. Rome's gone. Christianity is here. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, the Roman Empire is gone. Yeah. And Hitler, I mean, there's so many examples. Hitler's gone. That's that's right. And and he tried to cancel out the entire Jewish population. Absolutely. So if we sort of understand that it's not new, but the way that it's affecting us is new. Yeah. A lot of us thought because of our constitutional rights, we would never experience this. But even during COVID, yeah. they were canceling church. Yes. They sure. didn't cancel the big box stores. No. They didn't cancel the liquor stores, no. etc. You know, but for safety reasons, you couldn't go to church. Or if you did, you could only have 10 or 20 people. Right. And thankfully, the courts have kind of ruled. But it was interesting to me to see how passive the church was and went along with it. Right. It, Every, well, everyone was scared. No one knew exactly what was going on. And they'll Steve. see someone else canceled and then they think, oh, dear, I don't want that to happen to me. And Right. Well, that happens so much. And the reason I wrote the book is the subtitle, Stand Strong Before It's Too Late. Right. Yeah, because we've this has been going on. It's just recently gotten a name. The other side, as I like to call them, so I'm not naming names, right. want to cancel what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Their attitude is we've won. We already have academia. We have the media on our side. Right now they have the White House and Congress, yeah. et cetera. We're in charge. We have this very way, different way of looking at things. You guys need to go away. And if you don't go away voluntarily, we'll crush you. And they yeah. do. I mean, when they cancel the president of the United States uh, off social media, yeah. which is only one aspect yeah. of of cancellation, but mm -hmm. it's, it's one of the most obvious. And it's serious. And they're bullies. Yeah. Yes, and we've got to right. stand up. Amen. That's the word. Yes. It's this. That's called be, being a bullying people. Yes, they're bullies. So there's, there's so many different aspects of this. And of course, in my book, I try to... Uh, you know, go over them, but it's not just standing up to bullies. It's not just losing your your uh, Twitter account. I mean, in a way, so what? You know, I mean, we can all live without a Twitter account. It's the idea that certain things are okay to say That's right. and other things aren't okay to say. And, you know, the real core of the book is they're trying to cancel Christianity. Yes. Now, the, and they're going about it a lot of different ways, and they'll use all kinds of terms like, divisive or hate speech or whatever. I mean, and, and even what I said about the churches, mm -hmm. it wasn't the churches were more dangerous in terms of COVID. It was they, they, they had an excuse. They had the power mm -hmm. because of the pandemic to do these executive orders and they used the power. Uh, not everyone, of course, but you know, Gavin Newsom in California was the most obvious. In Florida, we have a good governor, Ron DeSantis. I yeah, always like to really give him do. a shout He's out. He's a great man, in my opinion. But even in my, my state of Florida, in Tampa, Rodney Howard Brown, who I know you know, yes. oh, yeah. was arrested. Right. And his crime was he held a church service. Wow. Now, it was very, very early in the pandemic. Everybody was freaking out. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, it was uh, bureaucrats thinking that they were following the executive orders or something. But he was literally arrested. His picture was taken. His mugshot went around the world. True. Now, in Florida, the people who did it backpedaled very, very quickly. And Ron DeSantis uh, said that churches are essential. You remember they, they said churches, they had essential and not essential. That's right. Now, 
My business was considered essential because we're media. We never shut down one day. We didn't ask for it. We were just in that category. And then to say that churches aren't essential. Actually, churches are more essential when people are going through crises. I mean, uh, just for stability, for helping people be encouraged, for sense of community, Mm -hmm. let alone the fact that there's a lot of anecdotal information that people have been healed of this virus. Now, it's, it's hard to prove specific cases, but don't we believe in healing? Yeah. Yes, If you're do. sick, don't you want to call the elders of yes. the church? Amen. And there's only a certain amount of, that you can do on, on uh, what do they call it, live streaming or Skype? Right, you know? right, right. Uh, we, we need church. to be together. And thankfully, the courts have ruled in our favor. We have constitutional rights. They don't go away when there's a crisis. Your magazine is so important. I believe Charisma is one of the top Christian magazines of the world. You believe that, don't you? Well, we've survived. I say so. <laughs> How many years now? Uh, we just passed our 46th anniversary. Wow. Now, now, I know you don't think I look 46. I no, know. I can't believe <laughs> You've been with Charisma that Can long. Believe? Well, I started when I was pretty young. And I was covering, I was covering an upstart broadcast ministry um, that started in California, then then Charlotte. Look at look at that and, picture uh, on the screen. Look I at love that. It. Well, that was later. Uh, that was after, right? I still but, had my baby fat there. Ah! <laughs> I remember. No, I visited your ministry. Of course, you probably didn't even know I was there, but I think mm-hmm. was it. It was before Heritage, so was that like. It was kind of a colonial-looking... The Heritage Village. Heritage Village. Uh I thought it was very nice. And then we heard... I did, too. I loved it. Yeah, and then we heard that you were buying this huge amount of property, and it was going to have... I mean, I remember people talking about it. And I had the privilege of being up there several times to interview you. My family went up there on vacation a couple of times. Mm -hmm. It was very safe. We Mm -hmm. could let our little boy... um, You know, run around and play. It was a wonderful place. Mm -hmm. It was a... it was, in my opinion, one of the travesty of justice, you know, Absolutely. with all the entertainment that is anything but godly. Yeah. You know, even in my city of Orlando, we're known for entertainment. Right. And Christian people go there and take their kids, but it is getting worse and worse and worse. I mean, there's always mm. been all this witchcraft and stuff, but right. people just kind of blink at it, or I should say Christians do, but it's not good. It's not wholesome Mm-mm. at right. all. And here you had something in... North Carolina, that was an alternative, Mm -hmm. and it was huge, and it was getting bigger by the day. Yes. And I was friends with some of the people there. They would keep me informed of what's going on, and it was was almost like the power, I'll call it the power structure of Charlotte, decided that Heritage USA was an embarrassment to them because it was so big, because they didn't give permission. Now, there were a lot of other things that came into it, but they canceled you. They got rid of you. That's it. They won. Ultimately, they didn't win because you got your freedom back. Right. But they stopped it. It was an early example of what we're seeing today, and it was because it was Christian. And because it was focused on Jesus, and you had camp meetings, and you didn't sell liquor like everybody else did, and all that kind of stuff. And they just decided. And... You know, people did rally to your help, uh, to your side, but really there should have been an enormous outcry 
back then mm -hmm. to have saved it was Heritage shocking USA. because people didn't know they just didn't know what to do they were scared mm -hmm. they're they afraid of the government and uh, I, over the years, I've had people say, well, Jim, you must have did something wrong. The, the, the government wouldn't come after you. They don't know the government. The government will come Some, after you. Someone told, in the know told me that there are so many laws on the books that everybody has violated some technicality and don't know it. And if they decide to come after you, look what they did with General Flynn. Yeah. It was oh, it was yeah. almost a technicality. And then you look at some of these other yeah. people. I hate to mention names, but Hillary Clinton comes to mind. <laughs> 30,000 emails that were subpoenaed. I've been at, I've had one civil case where the other side subpoenaed emails and we turned them all over because that's what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And our our case was like minor compared to, you know, all that kind of stuff that's going on. If Congress subpoenas, they could get you on one and it was 30,000 and somehow, it, you know, it didn't apply to her. That's just one example that everybody would know about. Yes. Well, last year, when an organization came against our ministry, came against me and, and our ministry, the press and... You wrote an op-ed, I guess you would call it, in your Charisma magazine, in our defense. Yes, thank you. You know, and I was going through quite a deep time, and, and you don't know what it's like when somebody defends you when you're going through hell. And, uh, yeah. People are defaming your name and just, just trying to destroy you, because it was cancel culture. Uh, Steve, why did, why did you feel moved to write that op-ed? Because... That you, it was like a turning point for me. And I, I, I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, but I, I just want to ask you about it because it, it turned things. And you, uh, I don't know if you sent your op-ed to Pat Robertson or not, but Pat, Pat Robertson read it. And uh, our ship was sinking that at that time. This was a year ago now. And you talk about SOS, save our ship. Yes. Pat Robertson saved our ship, yeah. helped save our yeah. ship. Yeah. Oh, praise and, God. Well, I, I, and I, I don't want to embarrass Pat either, but I love Pat. Pat's like a mentor to me. He's a little older than me, so he can be like a father figure to me. But you are the one that uh, you were moved to write that op-ed in defense of us, why? Why would you? Because you're a you're a journalist. You're you you're really smart, and you you really weigh things out, and y you don't stick your neck out for nothing. I know that, and uh, you risk your own ministry when you stand up for somebody who's under fire. Yeah. No, I disagree. I didn't risk anything, and. You know, your question makes me reflect on it. I didn't have any grand goal. I, I wanted to do what I felt was the right thing to do. Yes. And when it happened in February, uh, all of us were but just that, trying. That bed was read by so many people. But it didn't come out did until out? Uh, April, I guess. It was a couple months later. And all of us were coping with what in the world is going on. Yes. Uh, you know, I wondered if it was like the bubonic plague in Europe and it was going to wipe out a third of the population. We didn't know. Right. During the same time, I was doing 
uh, podcast, uh, my Strang Report. Notice how I kind of slipped that in. Yeah. <laughs> and Which is great. I had some, um, I had some sources from uh, China. They were missionaries or people that had contacts, mm -hmm. and people were emailing about how the Chinese government was lying about this virus. It really came from the Wuhan lab. Mm -hmm. I have some podcasts. People can go and listen to them. Now, we were careful. We were saying, you know, we don't know how to verify this, but we think people should know about it. Some of the biggest podcasts I ever had was in that era. Really? Then we had the shutdown. And so all of us were coping with how do we deal with the shutdown? And I heard this stuff, but I hadn't seen that show. I finally tracked it down. I think Mondo helped me track it down. And I saw with my own eyes that you didn't say the stuff that they were accusing you of. That's right. And uh, it was like, what's going on? Yeah. And I actually, the rest of the story is I encourage you to write an op-ed. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a journalism term. It means opinion editorial. And, you know, I just wrote, I'm writing an op-ed this week for the New York Times. I hope they publish it, but it's a way that you can just say in your own voice what you believe trying to yeah. make a point. You were uncomfortable defending yourself. Yeah. But as I dug into this, we went online and we couldn't find anything positive for Jim Baker. Right. And I said, this is wrong. Yeah. He didn't really do anything. That's right. And so I decided to write it in my own voice. We put it on our Charisma News website. I sent it out in my newsletter. And I wanted something to be on the internet. So yeah. when people Googled yeah. right. Jim Baker coronavirus or whatever people would, you know, put into a search, that they would find it. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that Pat Robertson even read my newsletter. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, oh, I know I him, know that. but I don't think he sits around waiting for my newsletter to come in his email. Mm -hmm. But I think someone gave it to him. And uh, I was shocked and pleased when I found out what he did to help you. But a lot of people came to your aid, too, because mm -hmm. one of the things that we were able to do was to start a petition. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. when you Thank put you. it out there, yeah. other ministries came alongside. Right. Yeah. They came alongside just like that, as I recall. It, it was a matter of days. Yeah. Yeah. And put it on their website. We did it. And there were people that hate you. They hated you before COVID. <laughs> they were looking for something. That's right. That's and right. all of a sudden they had something. When the government gets involved, I mean, <laughs> you know, the thing is if you're living if you're living a quiet life mm -hmm. and your next door neighbor hates you mm -hmm. and tells the police that you're dealing drugs, the police have to come and investigate. And then all the other neighbors probably think you did something wrong. The the police came. Now that's kind of a you know, a facetious example, mm -hmm. but yes, people didn't true. know what was going on. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to articulate it in a, you know, a few hundred words, maybe a thousand words. And we used it for a petition, but these people that hated you, I don't know if you've ever told people, but they were, they had gotten some kind of petition mm -hmm. of haters. I, of course, I don't know who the people were and they were going around to stations trying to get you off the air. Mm -hmm. And so we set a goal to double their number. Yeah. And I think we reached it, we didn't did. we? We did, absolutely, yeah. we did. Yeah, amen. And but without that, yeah. without the church standing up. That's it. Amen. And you just happen to have a big megaphone. <laughs> and so you speak out. And the church people responded. Yes. And, and I mentioned Pat just because he and I are such old friends. And, and, and he is uh, uh, just one of the great leaders of America right now.
And but for this to happen, you're talking about this book that I want everybody to get yes. today, God and Cancel Culture. The, the way we're going to cancel cancel culture is the church standing together. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. This ministry would be gone right now. That's right. If it wasn't for God's people. Yeah. If it wasn't for people like Steve Strang, yes. who stood behind us and stood with us and wrote this op-ed and wrote other things and and got people gathered together. And we had many, many people respond, yeah. didn't we? I, I mean, know, and yeah. thousands of people said, we're going to stand with you, Jim. We're going to stand with you. We're not going to let you go under. And this cancel culture is going to cancel the church if it can. And they want to cancel the Bible. They want Bible as hate speech. That's cancel culture at the ultimate to cancel the Bible. Amen. Amen. You know, Dad, before you go any further, this is so important because one of the elements of cancel culture, which I'm glad you said we don't know who they are. They're canceling even their own people. They're canceling people that you never think. Liberal voices are being canceled as well as conservative voices. So these people, whoever they are, one of their biggest elements that they see is they want to get you alone. They want to separate you from the yeah. crowd. They want to get that's you. A devil thing. Absolutely. So what happened was they thought they were going to come after Jim Baker and the ministry and get you by yourself and corral you into a corner and say, ooh, we got you again. That's what they did to stake over Heritage USA. They isolated me and made everybody scared to death. Mm-hmm. Everybody was afraid to stand up. They didn't know what to do. It was, yeah. it was, it was like a petrification of people. They were just frozen, yeah. scared. There's, they, and, your name was all over the but place. But that should never happen no. again. And it didn't happen. Yeah. And I mean, that's I, the key. This summer, when Charisma House published my new book, right. You Can Make It is the name of the book, Ooh. which tells the story of this warfare that we're talking about mm-hmm. and what my family went through and what you did. You believed our story needed to be published. What made you finally decide or, or decide to publish my, my story? Well, you know, in some ways, we're always looking for good books and good stories. We have so much respect for you. And I think it's a beautiful book, well-written, interesting. It's even got a section by Mondo in there. (laughs) Um, I can write and read. And if we could come alongside you, that's kind of what we do. We come alongside. It's, you know, it's a beautiful book, if I do say so myself. You guys were great to work with. And uh, you read the book? Yes. An illustration of your book, God and Cancel Culture, is my book, You Can Make It. Because I was, I was one of the first cancel culture targets, I think, in America. In, in recent uh, generations, you're absolutely right. And, uh, and I think people need to wake up to it. But mm-hmm. if I could circle back around to something you said, um, you know, I didn't help you so that I could get a pat on the back on your set. I didn't. It was the last thing on my mind. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to say something that maybe would even encourage your listeners. Mm -hmm. I consider what I did was merely the golden rule. 
I did to you what I would want others to do to me. Mm -hmm. And every one of us in our lives, whether it's a big uh, uh, problem with the government right. <laughs> or something in the family or at yeah. work right. or in the church, mm -hmm. we all need to realize that we need to do to others, yeah. whether they're paying us, whether they're asking us, whether, you know, we get any uh, accolades from it. Right. I don't consider what I did that big a deal. I'm glad, you know, it was. we help people all the time and was, nothing big happens, you know, but it was a big deal to me. I'll tell you that. Well, it was the right thing to do. And I just, you know, partly because I've known you and also intuitively and, and hopefully the Holy Spirit, I knew that it wasn't as bad as it looked. But you, right. you needed to shift things like I'm a boater and you can be going a certain way. And if you don't change that rudder sooner or later, you're going to run into a dock right. or some rocks or something else. You needed a shift. That's all I did. Was well, we write about shift. it in the book and you let me do it. Oh, I noticed. I, I noticed that you put my name in there. So. <laughs> but you let me <laughs> come out and and literally identify my enemies. Those And I don't usually do that. But that the people who came for me, it was cancel culture. It was just what you're writing about in the book. Again, we talk about it back at Heritage USA, which was many decades ago. And now we're talking about it again. And these people were writing articles and they were lying about us. And so I do, I want to thank our partners because you have stood with us. And no matter what, I look at this moment, I'm like, what the enemy has tried to mean for our bad. He's tried to come against us. He's tried to take us down by this. And I want to thank Steve. I was a part of that with you. And here's the deal. When you go through cancel culture, this is important because when you go through cancel culture, we were drowning. This ministry, we were literally underwater. Their leadership had no, we were just so overwhelmed by the governments coming against us, subpoenaing us. I mean, all these different requests, it was overwhelming. We were literally going, we could see ourselves sinking, not, we couldn't even swim. We didn't know which direction to go. But guess what? When you're obedient to God, and I believe, I know you don't want accolades, but guess what? God does raise up men and women that he calls for such a time as this. And Steve said, listen, he's like, we have to tell the truth. We have to stand on the truth. That's all we're doing is we're telling the truth. That's it. And that is exactly what this ministry needed because no one, all of our partners, even our residents, everyone was saying, what do we do? How do we help this ministry? What do we do? And when the petition began, the body of Christ now knew what to do and they united. Mm -hmm. And man, the army of God stood up. And you know what we did with those petitions? We sent them, we started sending them to the stations. <laughs> the stations became so overwhelmed by the calls, by the partners calling and saying, I stand with Jim Baker. They literally were begging us, please tell your partners, we are not taking you off the air. We are gonna stand with Jim Baker. And that was the power of the, of the body of Christ coming together. That's that what, so that's what your obedience, mm -hmm. that's what God used. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to do yeah. with others right now who are fighting this cancel culture. Because it's, it's just begun. It's not going to stop. We know that. So the body has to unite. You must get this book yes. because it says stand strong before it's that's too late. It. Amen. And what happened? What can, what's canceled our cancel culture, 
is is the truth. Yes. yes. Journalism should be truth, don't you think? That's what it's supposed to be. That's right. Yeah. Telling the truth, telling yes. news, telling it out, telling the facts and all out there. That's right. But but we've come to learn that the that journalism isn't always truth. Yes. Is that right? Yes. We n must have truth. Yes, amen. And so when when the truth was being told, yes. Uh what we went through last year, I know was cancel culture, yes. right? Would you say that, Steve? Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it was obvious. Absolutely. And But, you know, uh, this discussion makes me think of a point I make in the book that I think applies here. There's all these examples of cancel culture where somebody comes against them. I mean, look what, how they came against Mike Lindell. Yeah. Right. What, yeah. Why did they come against him? Because he supported a the president. And then he said, we need to look at these violations you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, if the violations are right or wrong our authorities need to look into it or else we have no confidence in our election s system and i've uh you know i could talk a lot about that but they he was canceled yeah. as bad as that is mm -hmm. what is worse is self-cancellation yeah where people say you know mike is famous and he's rich and look what happened to him i better be quiet I better not say anything about this. Hmm. That is far, far worse. Yeah. And even as I think, you know, this discussion is making you think about what happened a year ago. Mm -hmm. The worst thing that would have happened was if you guys had just given up. That's right. And yes. said, you know what, well, we're just going to throw up our hands. That's right. This is too tough. We did not sign up for this. And that's true in any of our lives. That's right. Because if you give up you lose whatever would have happened. Yes, amen. And the enemy, it really, the enemy is behind this. Oh, yes. And I talk about at that in the book. Mm -hmm. There's a spiritual warfare aspect. Now, I know some Christians are known to just blame the devil for everything. Right. Uh, uh, which makes other people uh, self-conscious about even mentioning the devil. But Dr. Stella Emanuel, who's from Africa, now practices in Houston, has been very strong to say there are some medicines. Um, they, they call it off-label. Uh, there's medicines that help with malaria, but they found that it helps with other things. Exactly. This is fairly common in medicine. But she is a mighty woman of God, in, a, in addition to being a very good doctor, and she believes that this is spiritual warfare, mm -hmm. as I believe. Yeah. So... We have to, you know, the, the Bible talks about how the sons of Issachar d discern the times. That's right. Times um, and we have to be able to discern what's going on. And one of the most important things is we have to be strong. Yes. Yes. And Jim Baker, my opinion is you're one of the strongest people Amen. that I have ever met in my entire life. I can't imagine. True. What you have, what you lost, and then what you rebuilt. Every time I come Incredible. around you, I have an inferior <laughs> complex because I think my vision is so small. You oh, know, no. what, you know. I mean, even here, what you, what you built from scratch. I mean, you were lower than low. Yeah, you lost everything. Everything. Yeah. And of course, there are other great ministries, and God has used many people in our generation. But I can't think of anyone stronger than you. Yeah, I mean, the I fact agree. that you haven't quit. I'm so weak. 
it, it, but you said it earlier, Steve. You know, I feel like okay. I, it's a false Stop. advertising to say I'm strong because I'm not strong. Well, okay. maybe you can't bench press 300 pounds. <laughs> but neither can <laughs> I. <laughs> I can already stand up, let alone bench press. <laughs> but uh, but he's strong you're strong in, in here. Yes. And yes. you're strong up here. And you're strong in faith, which yeah. you can't <laughs> that's it. point to. Yeah. And that's much more important. It sure is. I, I'm I'm restraining myself on this show because I would I'm like an old Pentecostal at times. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything I want you to do is I want people to order the book, yeah. this this book. I want you to read this book. Yes. I want you to practice this book. God and cancel culture. Yes. It's a forward even by Mike Lindell. Right. Yeah. Mike Lindell did the forward to this book. Stand strong before it's too late. Mm -hmm. People, it's God's people standing it together. That's it. You may say, oh, well, we're just this little bunch of people gathered together up here in, in the in the hills of what are, in the hills of what? Ozarks. The Ozark Mountains. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want people to do this. I noticed you had Doug Weed endorsed this. Yes, book. Doug Weed endorsed You know, Doug it. Weed used to be my best friend. Did you know that? Well, he's still my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we all go way back, don't we? Yeah. I got to have him on the show because he, he's a historian now. He's, and oh, he and he's very, very strong for our values and yeah. a good spokesman. Mm -hmm. And he, he recommends this book. But 64% of Americans believe cancel culture is a threat to their freedom. Do you believe that? Yes, of course, because people see if it could happen to someone else, it could happen to That's me. Right. And Mondo referred to it earlier. They're even canceling liberals who aren't right. woke enough That's or whatever expression. Yeah. And I use examples in there. They canceled Dr. Seuss. Right. Yeah. Because some of the old cartoons, they thought... Uh, we're a little bit stereotypical. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything goes in our culture, but if your if your cartoon it doesn't isn't approval, mm -hmm. they have to cancel. I mean, he's part of American culture. Yes, there's a lady, a liberal lady. Uh, I document it in the book. I forget her name right now, but she raised the issue about how it's dangerous for some of these young teenage girls to want to uh, tra become transgender, mm -hmm. and she's a um, an expert in this area, and she says that in times past, girls would do anorexia and bulimia. Yes. Did I say it right? Right. Or yes. these kinds of yes. behaviors, and then all the other girls would see them, and they'd kind of follow suit. And in the last couple of years, it's just staggering the number, of, or the increase percentage-wise, thank God it's still fairly small, of girls that have decided they want to be boys. Mm -hmm. When this has happened in the past, it was usually the other way around. Mm -hmm. And she's saying, we we need to slow down. We need yes. to study this. The fact that she even said that and put it in a book, her book was canceled. Amazon wouldn't run it, et cetera, et cetera. And in fact, we had, I, I start the book with telling that we were canceled in a couple of ways ourselves. Uh, partly because I sort of understand this, we've been able to sort of navigate it um, better than some have. But we did a book in 2004 by Reverend Lou Sheldon of Traditional Values Coalition on how dangerous what we called at the time the gay agenda was and how they were going to do all this stuff. It was not a prophetic book. 
in the way we think of Bob Jones or something, but it was predictive. A lot, sadly, a lot of it has come true. Mm -hmm. It was sold on Amazon for years. Back when we wrote it, um, a lot of famous people, including Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton, said publicly they believed that marriage was one man and one woman. They have since changed their, their tune. So here this book, which in a way was not particularly controversial at the time, and it sold on Amazon. All of a sudden, they took it off. They, they didn't tell us. Just Well, I guess they did notify us it was being taken off. We asked why in the world, etc. But apparently, someone went through their list and decided this does not line up. And so they don't even want it out there. Now, people can still buy it in other venues. The book was, frankly, not selling that well because it had been out for so long. But that is the most egregious example that mm -hmm. I've had to do. But even my book, God, Trump, and the 2020 election, which, uh, and the, the first chapter was why Trump must win. Because, and it was basically a lot of bad things were going to happen if he doesn't. <laughs> and sadly, it was true. Yeah. And the second chapter was why Trump might lose. Mm -hmm. And it was not, again, it was not prophetic. It was predictive about the ballots, I did not know about Dominion uh, voting machines. That's one thing I didn't say. But a lot of the things that I said, yeah. then yeah. there were other aspects in the book, but those were the two. I, I knew it was going to be a close election. And I thought, you know, I mean, I probably shouldn't even say this, but I thought it's going to be so close that small things are going to make the difference, like in the, 20, in the 2000 election in, in Florida. You know, it was only a few things that influenced a few votes. That's right. I was really disappointed when the election went the other way. Yeah. But I'm just telling you about, uh, but what I was saying about Amazon, we sold thousands of that book on Amazon. And, and we do a lot of business with Amazon as a publishing house. They're our number one customer. They're always ordering books all the time as, as they sell, as you would understand. In, before the election, in July... August, September, and October, they ordered zero. Zero. Interesting. And, and they put on their website, uh, is not available. Uh. And we did everything we could. Now, we'll send you the books. How soon do you want them? <laughs> zero. Then when November came, they ordered a whole bunch, I guess, to catch up. Okay. Now, they wouldn't really say what it was, but isn't that interesting? It and is. cancel culture, a lot of cancel That's culture right. is very subtle. Yeah. It's not nearly as bold as what we've been talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. They're the big ones. They intimidate everybody else to keep their voice down. Mm -hmm. But they take people down. Little These ministries, they're losing their credit card yeah. processing. Yeah. And then what are they going to do? Actually, there's some Christian alternatives that are coming up Good. because they say we don't... Uh, like one of the big credit card companies refused to take their credit cards for the American Family Association. I write about this in the book right before one of their big events. It really hurt them. Sure. And we don't understand how there's all this stuff behind Why the scenes. Why did they say they didn't want their card? Do you know? Well, I go into this in the book. You know, I, I use my credit card like everybody else does, and I don't. I pay my bill. And But what happens is, uh, first of all, you pick what card you want. And then it goes in and somebody says if it's acceptable or not. And then they interact with the bank to transfer the money. And some of these in-between people were deciding that they did not like to support uh, ministries 
that basically are biblical values. Right. Yeah. You know, there was right. a tension going back yeah. to our beginning, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that, you know, and, and frankly, as a publisher, I have the right to cancel things. I would not publish, like, for example, if there was a, um, something really bad in the church, we would maybe decide to really stay away from that person or ministry. But it doesn't mean that that ministry goes away and they can't have freedom somewhere else. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And the credit card companies and things like that, it, it, well, you know, your credit card company, I mean, the circumstances were very different. Yeah. And so it's like, if they can't get you one way, they get you another way because we really have freedom the Constitution is on our side. Yes. Now, it's and not credit, always... In- credit, when the credit card's gone, it's like almost taking money away because it's the way we transfer money. Mm-hmm. You understand yeah, that? That's right. It's the way we do business. It is. People don't want to have to write a check anymore. They, they just they use the credit card. We've gotten used to that, and that's the whole system. But, you know, now. even banks could say, we don't want your business. That's I mean, right. it's not quite there yet, mm-hmm. but it could happen. Yeah. And as... But what we've been through, I, I don't know how to say it, but it's scary. Yeah. I don't know if you write about our cancellation of our credit cards and all, but it is a, it's, it, it was the most serious thing. And right right now we're just we're just climbing out of this hole that we've been that was but dug for us, yeah. <laughs> and that we're we're coming out. Yeah. And we're going to come out of it, but we need help. We need people to stand with us. We just need to get back to business as usual. We need to be able to use credit cards, use checks, of course, as we we do. Well, you know, there have always been people against the gospel, but at least they allowed us to uh, speak our message. That's right. uh, Collect donations to support our ministries and those kinds of things. Other people are doing business for all kinds of things we wouldn't approve of. We don't cancel them. Right. And it's kind of hard to understand what's happening. But you know where this is really leading? It's really leading to the end of time. Yes, it is. Because I grew up like you did, hearing about the mark of the beast and this and that. And, you know, as a Christian, I believed it. But I also thought, I'm not sure how this could happen. And it's probably going to happen a long time in the future. But, you know, the idea of not being able to buy and sell, well, when they cancel your credit card, that's not being able to buy or sell. That's right. Now, it's not quite the mark of the beast, but we can see this going step by step. Mm-hmm. This culminating in something. It's I go into, we haven't really talked about it. And we it have a might lot of things well to be t- the mark of the beast when they say but you can't not, use it. When yeah. they say you can't buy or sell. And, and that's what happened. And they talk about chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I thought, what are people going to do? Get 666 mm-hmm. t- tattooed on their head? Right. No, but it's probably going to be something like a chip. That's why we need to stand up yeah, against these right. early. They're talking about doing that for vaccine for the for COVID. I know. And, and it's moving toward a, a one world government. Yeah. And I have always been careful not to be a conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. or sound like one. Um, but it, but is I'm. The book is my way to sound the alarm. They talk about the great global reset. Yes. They have a date. It's about a year from now. Mm -hmm. 
they're going to reset everything supposedly because of the pandemic, but it's going to be a lot of this other stuff. Mm-hmm. If it, if Trump did anything, he was a disruptor to okay. things moving in that direction. Yes. Yes. Suddenly people showed their true colors. That's right. They canceled him. They I did. mean, that could be right. now, maybe not, hopefully not forever, Right. but they got him Their Their goal was to get him out of the office, mm-hmm. whatever it took. Mm-hmm. And my feeling is that it happened. Now, I admire, respect, and support President Trump, but it, yeah. but it's not my job to uh, really defend him. And I, I'm powerless to change all this stuff. But I think that, um, and after what happened on January 6th, I was just almost depressed. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, um, the handful of things that happened, I don't approve it of, of that kind of stuff at all. But after that happened, I thought, you know, this is awful. What can I do? And the book is the result. This book is my attempt to try to help people to understand what's going on and how serious it is. And I go into a lot of other things, a whole chapter on it's not cancel culture, it's communism. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's right. And yeah. the communist, look how it the communists communism. cancel in North Korea That's and right. China. Now, we don't live over there. We don't see it. We, I mean, it's been like that all of our lives. Mm-hmm. But dictators always do that. Mm-hmm. They come in and they shut everybody. Hitler did this. The most obvious example was the Jews, but it was also mentally ill people. And right. a lot of Christians died. That's they it. killed homosexuals. That's right. I mean, we, people don't talk about it, but no. everyone that they considered to be inferior, mm-hmm. they hauled off to the concentration camps. Mm-hmm. Most of them were Jews, and we think of it as that, and, and, and well, we should. Yes, absolutely. This has always happened. Mm-hmm. We just thought it would not happen in America. Right. But there are people, mm-hmm. in fact, I interviewed uh, General Flynn yesterday on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Notice how I work in these little... <laughs> <laughs> we love it, and we love yes, your podcast. We do. One it's of the most interesting. interesting podcasts I ever did, and he... He's he made the statement that there are 75 members of Congress. You know, we think of the squad and those. Mm-hmm. He and, and Uncle Bernie. Yeah. He said there are 75 <laughs> that he's identified. He didn't tell me who they were. But they they have this agenda. They think more government, more socialism. They think it's all more power for them. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. A lot of this is for po- people it. at the top of the, the pile. And then the rest of us have no freedom. Yeah. Our Constitution is the one pivotal turning point in in world history where the people had some kind of power mm-hmm. and other countries of course have have uh, you know copied us over the years but we're we're going to lose it if we don't stand yes. up yes. we're going to lose it yeah. and this is my call to warn against yes. communism i talk a lot about covid how they canceled all these doctors because they had the audacity to say that maybe hydroxychloroquine right. or ivermectin right. actually make people better and and they cancel people who come against the vaccine. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, we don't even have the right to be skeptical anymore. We don't have the right to That's question. Right. We have to go along with the dogma of the left. And it's not just the left, it's the far left. It it's is. the people who have an agenda. It's a relatively small percentage of people that really want to bring down America, that want to get rid of our statues, that want to get rid of our history, but there's a whole group that go along with them, yeah. kind of like groupthink. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's it, like in society, we don't have that many thugs. But, you know, if a few thugs get things going, you can get a riot. That's sure. At, right. a, at a football game, 
uh, you know, different places, even the riots we've seen, perfectly normal people get swept up in it. They do. And they would never go out and do that by themselves. But people are getting swept up, and it's our responsibility to sound the alarm. Thank God we have freedom of yes. press, Amen. that you can be on a broadcast, yes. that I can publish, that we can have podcasts. And we need people to get the word out, to share a link to this program, yes. to people who maybe didn't have time to tune in, mm -hmm. to send to share the links with interviews like General Flynn mm -hmm. and so forth, That's because good. we can get around these power yeah. brokers. Yeah. The power, the press, they they don't want to promote the gospel, never did. No. They didn't back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. When I got started in journalism in the 70s, they were not pro-Christian at all. Every once in a while, there'd be an article on the Jesus movement or something, but right. that was about it. They did not promote our values. We've had to create Christian media to have an alternative. It's true. The networks, even back in the 50s and 60s, when we think television was innocent, was never about God. No. Was the 30-minute 30, 30 uh, sitcom solved with a godly no. ending? No. The best you could say is it maybe uh, felt made you feel good because everything worked out. But right. when they had a little problem solved, did they ever ask the Holy Spirit for guidance? Mm -mm. Never. Mm -mm. All they did was once in a while say grace over, over a meal. That right. was about it. Yeah. That was back then. Yeah. The secular people were taking over our culture back then. It was oh, just yeah. at a different level. And also the church had more influence and helped mitigate what was happening. Mm. The church has gotten weaker and weaker and weaker and more timid and doesn't want to rock the boat. What do you mean when you say in your introduction, by its very nature, cancel culture is persuasive. It leaves no stone unturned. And this is what scares me, people. They want to cancel the voice of God. That's how arrogant these people are. They don't want God's voice. And we've got to stand up and speak. And right now, our ministry is holding on. And, it, and it's, thank God, we're seeing victory. And, 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 it, and it's of warfare. And if I would have given up at any point when I felt like it, I wouldn't be here right now. But we keep going on, and, and I believe God wants everyone to stay in the fight. Yes. And I want to thank everybody who is, you know, sends their offerings. And as you order the book today, it's, it's going to help us stay on the air. It's part of our, our overall plan of staying on the air. And God and cancel culture, I want you to get this book. I want you to read it and get a few copies and share them with your pastor, share them with your friends. We've got to cancel the cancel culture. Amen. We can't agree with it. We can't let them do it to us. If a pastor makes a mistake, they want to write them off. They want to say, you're through. That's not the Bible. The Bible has redemption. Yes. The Bible has forgiveness. But the cancel culture, there's no forgiveness. You're just wiped out, just with a brush, you're gone. Let's not let the enemy cancel the voice of God's people. Amen. And let's stand Amen. together. Amen.